Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Deacon Bob. And I'm Father Dave. So is this going to work, Bob? Well, I'm not exactly sure. So I am currently uh, phoning in from a hotel room in Stevensville, Virginia. And Father Dave, and, where, where are you? I'm, I'm phoning in from, I don't know exactly the name of the town, someplace in Southern Maryland. Right. So even my hotel Wi-Fi is really bad and Father Dave's is worse. So if you're watching the video, you're seeing uh, kind of the, uh, the the news version of I'm, I'll just have a picture of you. And I'm sure it'll I'll pick a very flattering picture of you. I'm sure um, you will. But to, there was never any doubt about there's that. There's never any doubt. Very reverent for our president father. Uh, That's right. At, at Franciscan University. So, yeah, I'm actually here doing um, a a work camp with teenagers. So the Diocese of Arlington every year uh, does a really amazing job of putting together their own mission trip for their kids. Uh, We're out in uh, Western Virginia, which is a bit more rural, Appalachia area. Uh, Lots of people in need out here, and they've got about a thousand folks, uh, maybe 700 kids, teens, who are spending the entire week. Uh, They're living on the floor of an elementary school. Uh, The joke is peanut butter and jelly time. Every day they're having peanut butter and jelly for lunch. (laughs) And uh, it's a joy. I mean, I just, uh, gosh, I'm just so impressed with these volunteers and these young people. And so they brought me in to do some music and speaking. And it's really a gift. You know, I actually, um, I used to do this frequently, almost every year, almost, I think for about a decade. And then when I started in 2015 doing music for the adult and youth conferences, I just couldn't anymore. So now I've given the youth conferences to a good friend, John Paul Von Arks. I had some open weekends. I can't believe they asked me. I'm like, wait, really? You still want me to come? So uh, it's a bit nostalgic and it's really a joy, especially to see those that have just been doing it for like the past. I mean, they're still doing it. I mean, God bless them. It's, it's really cool. How about yourself? What's life out there? Like, Yeah, um, I'm actually here with uh, Father Joe, who's a good friend, pr- uh, classmate, uh, provincial. So. We're just getting a few days, a long weekend, just to get away, rest a little bit. Uh, yeah, so the weather's been gorgeous. Actually, it was like in the 90s when we first got here, and then the weather broke, and it's been 75 and sunny. Wow. And yeah, it's just been been really, really nice. So we just spent some time, yeah, doing some, taking some long walks next to the water. Uh, maybe do some little bit of fishing or hoping to be able to do a little bit of fishing in the bay. So we'll see what happens. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you got a chance to do that. I know you're essentially running a marathon on campus, conference to conference to conference. And I and you're heading yeah. off to? I'm heading off in a little while, in, in about a week, actually a week from today, uh, to India. So that's the plan. But I think we're going to chat about that and our futures and the rest of the summer in a second here. Yeah, yeah that yeah, sounds great. But in the meantime, we do have to have our ESPN Sports update. Yeah. Yeah, I see that you're trying not to talk about probably the most important thing, and that is that my abs are whooping uh, Tampa Bay. You only won by a touchdown. I don't see how that's a whooping. Um, Yeah, if it was football. Yeah, I know. Seriously. So I didn't get to watch the game because, you know, I was doing ministry. Um, Uh But, man, like, you know, a 7-0 win on a regular season – would be insanely stupid in a Stanley Cup playoff final. I mean, you were watching the game. What what happened in my Tampa Bay? 
Actually, I, I, I watched maybe two minutes of it. I watched enough to realize it was it was six to nothing and I needed to reach out to you. That's about all I So thought. that was, so you just watched it enough to mock me. Thank you, friend. I'm glad you're mock such a big a, fan. Mock is a strong word. Um, but we did we shared we shared a moment together. Actually I don't think I'll repeat what you actually said to me. So <laughs> so so there. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for uh, keeping no, so, my but, keeping but my again, virtue intact. Those were those were both home games in Colorado. So game three is always a huge game. So it depends. Is that tomorrow night? I don't know when that game three is. Uh, I think it's actually uh, today's Monday. I believe it's today. Um, okay. it's today or tomorrow. Okay. But by the time you hear this podcast, hopefully, it will be a two-one series uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning coming back at the home game, getting some energy, or this whole thing is pretty much over. And we can just enjoy the fact that we won two Stanley Cups, which, by the way, no small feat there. So wins all around. Speaking of winning and losing, the They That Hope curse is in full effect. The Boston Celtics did, in fact, lose to the Gordon State Warriors. Uh, Everybody wanted Steph Curry to get his MVP for the finals. He got it. The narrative is complete. And the world keeps on turning. Sorry to the Boston Celtics. I apologize for rooting for you on behalf of myself and Father Dave. Um, but you know, okay, we have to root for somebody. I think we need to chat about that. Um, we threw out the possibility that the curse is, in fact, not David Hope, but the curse is you. Well, why would you say such? Because I'm rooting for the Lightning? Because you're rooting for the Celtics and the Celtics lost. You're rooting for the Lightning and the Lightning are losing. Mm. Could it? Is it possible? I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just I'm positive. It could be said know. that. But let's yeah. uh, let's apply it the other way. How are the Washington Nationals doing, buddy? Amazing. Oh, are they really? Actually? <laughs> no. <laughs> like I would know. No. You're going to totally have been know. like, they've already won totally the World happened. Series. I'd be like, oh, it already happened? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't hear? Yeah, no. It's, anyway. Anyway, you're right, I suppose. Mm, but, anyway. but then also the golf tournament, the U.S. Open was yesterday, and you certainly didn't follow it. But it was a great finish. A great oh, was finish. it? A kid won. Yeah, this kid from England won. First time ever winning a major. Actually, first time ever winning a tournament in the United States as a pro. Nice. But it was a great. It, it went literally to the last putt on the last hole. It was really, it was a lot of fun. Do you have an opinion on this PGA thing and this Saudi Arabia thing? I, I, is it called LIV or something? I don't yeah, know. Live. Yeah, live. Oh, live. Um, oh. Well, I mean, there's actually there's a lot going on there. So my opinion, wow, that's, that's of course I have an opinion on it. Um, well, for those that aren't for those that aren't up in golf, the, and let me see yeah. if I'm recapping the story correctly. Obviously, the PGA Tour is the big golf tour, but there yes. was a new tournament, a new group that uh, funded by I think Saudis uh, of a yep. different tour other than the PGA. And the PGA at one point said, you can't play for that tour or you can't play for our tour. Of course, there's a lot of money in the other tour. Was it Greg Norman or Phil Mickelson? Yep. Some big name went to the other tour and it seems like it's a big hubbub. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's actually really well done. So yeah, the Live Tour is funded by the Saudis. They're given a bunch of money because they want to create a competitive tour against the PGA. PGA said, you can't play with them. You have to play with us. And there were a few people that said, actually, we can play with them. So, I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions. I think 
uh, over a hundred million dollars from these top golfers were given just to show up. So it doesn't matter who wins or loses. Mm-hmm. You're getting paid just for being a part of it. So the real question is, is, is it going to create an audience? And it's not going to create an audience unless the top players are actually playing. Right. So that's where we stand right now. Uh, there'll probably be all kinds of lawsuits that are made because, you know, they're going to say you can't tell us where we can and can't have a living and, and produce, um, you know, create revenue for, you know, our careers and our families and those kinds of things. So as it stands right now, only a few of the, actually only one or two of the really top players have gone. The rest are marginal players in the twilight of their career, that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. Yeah, it's not like it's the NFL where you're like contracted to a team. You're just an individual. So it right, seems exactly to me you should right. be able to play where you want to play. That's exactly right. And that's what they're saying as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, and that's our sports update. And uh, and then baseball is still happening. So, it is. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Although no games for me this week. Why not? I just didn't get any games. Oh, oh okay. You I, I, I like going on. Yeah. You're on vacation. Okay, very well done. Yep. Hey, we're going to do our Franciscan promo now. Cue the music. That's, what's, that's not the music. Dude, you do music cued. Do, do you even know our alma mater? Yeah. Hey, if you are an alumni at Franciscan University, you are cordially invited to our Jubilee Alumni Reunion with Father Dave Pavanka, T-O-R-89. Celebrating 75 years of Franciscan University. It's happening on Saturday, July 23rd, 2022. If you're listening to this podcast a few years later, you can't go. This one-day family-friendly event will include food, fellowship, mass, praise and worship, live music, and more. And it kicks off with mass. We've got some fun food trucks happening uh, an update on the university, tours, group meetings, free times. You get to hear a wonderful talk, and it concludes. No, it doesn't conclude. There's a pig roast. There's a holy hour, and it concludes with an outdoor concert with none other than our very own John Paul Von Arks. To find a complete schedule of events and to register, you can go to alumni dash no alumni.franciscan.edu slash jubilee slash reunion. That's alumni.franciscan.edu slash jubilee slash reunion. And I hope to see you there, as does Father Dave. That sounds great. Those are always a great event. I always just, we've got, we've got the best alumni, so I look forward to being able to spend time with your buddy. Yeah, I'm actually not sure I'll be there, but that sounds like a great event. You out of town? I might be. Uh, I know I'm. Actually, I might not be. You know, I think that morning, uh, my good for our good friend uh, Ben will be ordained to the diaconate. Uh, those listeners might remember oh, us right. talking about uh, Ben Gessler being really on death's door, if not being carried through it. And by a miracle of the Lord, uh, he listened to our prayer and he has recovered. And it delayed his ordination. Ben was in my. Uh, ordination class, so I got ordained last November. Uh, but Ben, I believe, is getting ordained that morning, um, or around that's that right. weekend. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's right, Bob. That's fantastic. Is that going to be the Scott. campus mass? No. What's that? Oh, actually, no, because it's being done in St. Peter's. So I won't be able to join you for the mass, but hopefully, I'll be able to join you later on in the day. And maybe Ben Gessler, will, our brand new deacon, will be able to uh, 
show up and be a part of those festivities as well. So it's really exciting. I'm sure on behalf of Ben, he always is so grateful for all of you that prayed for him. And just keep praying for this wonderful day to happen that the Lord is doing his work in Ben, and Ben's going to be an amazing deacon. Okay, cool. Hey, Bob, so we just did that. You mentioned your ordination. We just had uh, Bob and I spent a week together doing the Priest Deacons and Seminarian Conference, which is uh, one of the... It's a retreat, not a conference. Done. What's that? Yeah, it, exactly. I was just going to talk about that. Okay. that. We started with the conferences 40-some-odd years ago, and then the time with the priests was really where Father Mike first started this, and just seeing an ability or desire to be able to minister to them. And it was just a weekend, but over the time, over the years, we've moved it from a just a weekend event from a, to a Monday to Friday, and it's really a time of retreat for the the priests and the deacons and the seminarians. So much of their life is so busy and always going and going. So we we love to be able to provide an opportunity for for clergy to be able to step aside and step back and rest and pray and and not I mean so much of their time is ministered to other people to allow them to be ministered to. So Bob, you you and I have worked together on this honestly for probably fifteen years, I would guess. Right. Well, maybe you haven't done it that that long, but No no I did. I mean that's actually when I started in two thousand and five, so even more than that. I took okay. over playing the adult conferences. So though I was okay, neither a priest deacon nor seminarian, I was still doing the music. And it was always a gift as a lay person to be there, but it was really fun this year as an ordained person to be there. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, one of the things that, and I don't want to talk about that, but it's, it's just one of those things that you take for granted. And, and the students always love it. But the first evening of the retreat, we, we always hear confessions of one another. And I think we have about 150 people this year. And so it's, it's something just to listen to the students talk afterwards, because what we do is the priests just line up around the side of the, around the outside of the field house and those who want to go to confession go and those who want to hear are here so we hear all the confessions of everybody there in about what you were there 20 minutes Bob yeah exactly yeah it's gorgeous and it's it's just it's just a really beautiful it's a beautiful image seeing you know the men ministering to each other around the side around the outside of the field house and yeah, it was just really, really beautiful. It's, it's a great blessing to be a part of it. What was your experience being deacon for the first time? Well, there's such a wonderful community of deacons who come to that conference every year. And the past few years, they were so enthusiastic and supportive of my diaconal formation. And so it was really like a, you know, a few of them said, like, welcome to the brotherhood. They were so excited for me. So I mean, it's just an honor, um, just an honor to be there. I It was great. I got to uh, give a homily. So at one point, the band just kind of took over the liturgy for me, and it was beautiful to celebrate Mass with Bishop McCaig, who was an amazing, amazing man. Bishop McCaig is a bishop in the Archdiocese of the Military for Canada, and uh, just a gentle soul. Uh, just I just had a really great time with him. We, we talked a lot about hockey. Uh, which was fun. He came over and watched game one of the of the Stanley Cup, and that was great to, to do it with him. But yeah, just to be able to celebrate Mass and to give a homily and, and lead worship and be a part of the sharing, it was just a, it was a retreat. I mean, it was really unlike anything else I do in the summer, and I was, I was glad to be a part of it. 
Um, Bishop Scott is, is like you said, I agree. He's just he's such a wonderful blessing. It's we always like to have bishops at that event, but it's often at the same time that the United States bishops are gathering, and that was the case this year. So uh, it's it's hard to get a bishop that's able to join us. So to be able to have Bishop Scott, Bishop Scott was also on Net uh, a long time ago. Uh, I think he was here a couple of years, maybe a year or two after myself. And so there was, it was just like you were right. He had a great spirit, um, great preacher. It was just a great blessing to have him with us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And then we're looking forward to some fun conferences uh, coming up. What conferences will you be back for on campus? I'll be back for the alumni okay. and then I'll be back for part of defending the faith. Yeah. My, my, my schedule, it's, it's funny. I was looking at it. I think I'm only on campus maybe two or three days in the next month. So <laughs> it just it just becomes you know, kind of crazy. Uh, I'm I'm here and then I'm going out to California in a couple of actually not a couple of days just to do some ministry and some uh, alumni events. And then I'm I'm actually like we mentioned earlier, I'm gonna go to India. So Franciscan is working and collaborating with a couple of other religious with another religious community that runs uh, universities in India. So myself and a couple of faculty members are going to go there and try to work out some uh, partnerships that we have with them in technology, software engineering, actually some social work ministry, and then us being able to provide some theology and philosophy for uh, philosophy for these schools. So. You, you can keep that in your prayers. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to going to India. I've never been there before. Uh, I love. Uh, I was, I was sharing with somebody, one of the priests that was uh, we met that's going to host us. I said I'm looking forward to the food, and he said, Oh, you're going to love the food. So, it, it should be a really unique cultural experience that I'm looking forward to. But also, I think opening the door for opportunities for our students and their students as well. So it, it should be quite the experience. But I'm going to guess, Bob, India is not probably the number one place you're going to want to visit. Now, if you could see my face, I was kind of grimacing when you mentioned the food. I don't like yeah. spicy food. I don't like yeah. food that doesn't have bacon in it, essentially. And I yeah. have a feeling that there might not be any Red Robins in India. You know, I'll totally keep my eye open for one, and if I see one, I'll take a picture. Yeah. But I'm going to guess you are right. Yeah. I'm going to guess you're right, yeah. Do you know what my favorite restaurant in London is? Um, McDonald's? No, come on, dude. Oh. Don't think so poorly of me. But it's called the Hawaiian Hamburger Stand. And it's called what? The, it's, it's called a Hawaiian Hamburger Stand. Okay. <laughs> it's on Canterbury Street. It's awesome. It's like a Hawaii-themed thing. You can get like actual crispy bacon. They even make pancakes in the morning. It's awesome. Way better it's than McDonald's. Way classier. Hamburger stand? Well, essentially, it's just like a normal burger, except they have like Kona beer, which is still really good. I really like Kona. I, actually, do you like that beer? Yeah. We'll go there together someday when we go to London. You need to find some, like, can you start a partnership with somebody in London? Because then we can see soccer games, it. too. I'll work on it. All right. I'll, I'll get all over that, yeah. I'll go on that trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, I'm looking at a burger that made that make there. Oh, it looks good. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it does look good. I think I'm the only fun. person that comes back from England and is like, I loved the food. That's <laughs> yeah, because you, you ate at that restaurant the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. That's interesting. I'm looking at this. This is interesting. People, we need to go and look at this. That's Hawaii, what I'm saying. Ayana. Yes, Sorry. yes. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, anyway. Yeah. Hey, Father Dave, seriously, though, 
thanks for all the travel you do for the university. I mean, it's yeah. absolutely insane. And everybody wants you there and you're so generous to, to do it. So we'll, yeah, we and all the listeners will be praying for you. I mean, travel is kind of cool, but travel is also one of the circles of hell. And boy, it sounds like you've got some crazy, crazy travel stuff together. So we, I know the thing is, I'm already trying to psych myself up. The flight back from India's nonstop to Chicago, I think it's 16 hours. Yeah. So I'm going to watch Black Widow over oh. and over and over. <laughs> My goal is to get six, six, six viewings in over one trip. So anyway. It'll make it feel like no time, like you're flying with friends. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's great. No, but it should be good. It should be good. Well, today we are coming to a conclusion. Uh, oh, one last thing about that. Be, as you heard, we're not exactly sure what July will look like for our podcast schedule. Uh, crazy different time zones and travels and internets and whatnots. So uh, all we want to tell you listeners is we're going to do the best we can. I doubt when he's in India, we'll be able to pull it off. Uh, maybe I can find some magic to pull some things together to keep your they that hope hunger satisfied during the month of July. Uh, but just a heads up, we're going to record when we can. But if you don't hear much from us, know that we're busy, know that we're praying for you, and we would love it if you'd be praying for us. I myself, I'll be going to uh, hosting two conferences, youth conferences, one in Rochester, one in St. Louis. Uh, I got the Bosco Conference, which is exciting. Uh, I'll see you, Father Dave, for that alumni reunion and Ben's ordination. And then we conclude the month with uh, Applied Biblical Studies and Defending the Faith Conference. So it's an exciting, busy month uh, with maybe a little bit of rest in there with my family up in New Hampshire. So good times. Okay, I have a question, Bob. Yeah. Um, so obviously Bishop Barron is the new bishop up in Rochester. Do you know when that when he takes over? No, wait a second. Is Rochester in the Winona Diocese? I, I believe that it is, yes. Oh, wow. I do not know. That's interesting. I wonder if he'll be there. That's great. That would actually be really fun if he was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that is our plan for the next couple of uh, many weeks. So, yes. yeah. So everyone keep us in your prayers. We're going to keep them in our prayers, which is, it seems to me, we have a very apropos finish for the petitions. And that is, drum roll, please. Deliver us from evil. The final petition of the Our Father prayer. Yes. And if you're paying attention and looking at the catechism, it starts at 2850. And I like what it says. It says the last petition of the Our Father is also Jesus's prayer. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I will ask you to protect them from the evil one. And the catechism goes on and says that this petition is, it's not like this, the word it uses is an abstraction. It's not a philosophy. It's not an idea, but it's a reality. Mm. And when Jesus says, protect them from the evil one, it's not just evil influences, but it's literally the evil one. And, and you know, we don't, rightly so. I mean, we're not consumed or constantly, some people I've met are just like, they just, are in constant fear of the evil one and just think the evil one is is behind everything that happens in their life. And I, I think there's an extreme that, that some people go to that we ought not go there. But also we, we, we cannot deny the fact that there is an evil one. If there is a kingdom of God, if there is a kingdom of God's life, a kingdom of his presence, if God is real, uh, then we also have to accept the reality that there there is an evil one. And the evil one has a goal and a plan and a desire, and that is... I, I stop you too hard, but 
our destruction. I mean, that is what the evil one wants to do. He wants to destroy me. He wants to separate me from God and God's love and God's mercy and God's plan for my life. And and ultimately, the evil one wants to see that that we don't aren't and are not able to inherit the kingdom of God. So when Jesus says, I'm not speaking of the world, but protect them from the evil one, he's literally saying, protect them from the devil, from the diablo. The, the catechism says, uh, he is referring referring to a person, Satan, the evil one, or the angel who opposes God. Goes on to say he's a murderer, he's a liar from the beginning, he is the deceiver of the world. Through him, sin and death have entered the world. So Jesus is praying for not just his disciples, but for each one of us, so that every time we conclude the and it's fitting that we conclude the Our Father saying, you know, Father, deliver us from that one, protect us from that one, allow us to stay in your grace, to stay in your mercy, to stay in your protection. I often think of the of the role of our guardian angel that helps us facilitate that, participate that in the protection of the Lord. So it, it's very fitting the way the, the our Father closes us and brings us to a conclusion with that. You know, I think it was C.S. Lewis that said that there's two lies the devil would have us to believe. The first is that he doesn't exist. So, you know, the devil would prefer us to live in a world where we're not thinking about spiritual matters, we're not thinking of the spiritual battle that we're all called to fight every day in our lives. Uh, let's just, you know, imagine the devil, you know, with a pitchfork and pointy, you know, pointy hat and is a stereotype and he's something to scare kids, but we go out throughout our day, right? Well, then if that first lie doesn't work, when we become an awareness of the existence of the devil, the existence of the evil one, the next lie is to attribute everything to him and to exactly. equate him as equal to God. You know, like uh, this idea that there's this force of like it's God and it's the devil and it's this death match where they're evenly, you know, e have equal powers yeah, and are yeah. fighting let's, each other, let's, right? Let's see how this is going to turn out, this battle, right? Right. Whereas the reality of it is neither of those. Yes, there is a devil, but he is certainly nowhere near equal to God, not even equal to our Blessed Mother. One of the reasons why we pray to St. Michael is because that's more of an even battle, St. Michael versus the devil. But of course, St. Michael has God behind him. And so we need not live in fear of the devil. In fact, what we celebrate, particularly at every liturgy, is the death and resurrection of Jesus, uh, which conquered death, conquered the evil one, and sets us free. And so at the conclusion of this prayer, we are really claiming the victory that Christ won for us on the cross. Uh, we're claiming the deliverance because though God is way more powerful than the devil, the devil is way more powerful than we are. And we need the protection of God. We need the help of God, the grace of God, which he gives us in the sacraments, particularly our baptism, uh, that we can go out every day and we can live as sons and daughters of God. And, you know, part of the reason we pray this prayer is that it should be increasing our awareness. I think that's what's beautiful about all of these petitions. You know, we're you know, I love how in the Eucharistic prayer it says, our prayers don't add anything to your glory. You know, they're really more helpful for us. And that can also be said of this particular prayer. You know, God is, his name is holy. His will is going to be done whether we pray this prayer or not. And yet these prayers and these petitions, when I pray them in the morning, it's a good reminder. I get to this end and I go, deliver us from evil. And I go, yeah, wait a second. Hey, spiritual battle going on, you know, put on the armor of God, you know, be be sensitive to the movement of God and the, the protection of my guardian angels and, 
the salvation that God won for me this day, that I can live out and I can proclaim that with joy. Uh, it's a real powerful way to conclude a prayer. And, and in many ways, it's a very sobering way of doing so. But it's a way of recapping salvation history. I'm now being reminded of everything that God has done for me so far. And why wouldn't he do that for me today as well? That's right. And and I think what you said is really good. It's just that I think we need to have a healthy, holy awareness of it, that, that we're not consumed. I, I, I remember the moral theology course at Jacob Franciscan that says that that there's the world, the flesh, and the devil, and, and there's this cooperation. Obviously, the evil one's behind that, but some of it is just also the flesh. And, and that's where he says, I like, lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil, just protect us from evil. But we need to be, in our flesh, we need to be attentive to that. I mean, it's not fair for an individual to say, Lord, you know, protect me from particular sins or, or protect me from the sin of lust or protect me from this. And then if an individual is, is watching things on TV that aren't appropriate or viewing things on the internet that aren't good for their spirit, then there's this sense that, you know, we're asking the Lord to protect us, but we're not also doing our part. So we need to um, make sure that we don't open a door or open a window that allows the evil to enter into our heart or enter into our soul. Or, you know, and, and oftentimes the reality is that's done through our eyes and through what, what we look at. So we pray that the Lord would deliver us evil. We pray for his protection. We pray that we ought not have to have, you know, this battle with the evil one, but also, and you said it, that, that it's not a fair fight, that that we can call on the power of Jesus to be present to us on the power of his Holy Spirit to bless us in situations that we find ourselves with temptation or struggle or fear or, or whatever is going on. And that the Lord is present in that. So just to be able to take advantage of that, take advantage of the grace of the Lord that is present for us in the midst of, in, in the midst of a battle. The battle has been fought, like you said, by Jesus' death and resurrection. The victory has been won. We need to be able to stand, stand on that and claim that. Amen. Amen. And we also want to remember, uh, and I think one last thing to highlight with this is that it's not just deliver me from evil, it's deliver yeah. us from evil. So certainly as I pray Something the Our Father it. prayer, I'm aware of my own need of salvation. I'm praying for the church. I'm praying for the body of Christ. I'm praying for all you know those that are fighting this battle of faith in the world. And I'm reminded that I'm not alone. This is something the devil would like us to think that you know, we're just isolated and we're the only ones dealing with these issues, right? Every day, everybody's waking up. And as a church, we are all praying this beautiful prayer together. I mean, it's in the liturgy of the hours. It's in the mass. I mean, this is the perfect prayer of Christ. And so even that lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Um, all of that really connects to the fact that going back to the you know beginning of the prayer, God is our father. We are praying this together as a community. And so even if here I am in my hotel room in Stevensville, Virginia, and I'm praying the Our Father by myself, I'm not praying it by myself. I'm praying it with the body of Christ, who is just constantly asking for all of these petitions to be granted. And particularly in that spiritual battle to know um, that, hey, the, as we've seen with the scandals and the issues, like I'm praying for the church, like that this body of Christ, the people of God, would also be delivered from evil. And it says this really beautifully at 2854. When we ask to be delivered from the evil one, we pray as well to be freed from all evils, present, past, and future, of which he, the devil, is the author or instigator. In this final mm -hmm. petition, the church brings before the Father all the distress of the world, 
along with deliverance from the evils that overwhelm humanity, she implores the precious gift of peace and the grace of perseverance in the expectation of Christ's return. And that's really what it's about. We kind of come to the conclusion of the prayer and, you know, deliverance of the evil one will happen specifically when Christ comes again. That is the consummation. You know, that's when the accuser of our brothers is cast out, as we hear in the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. And so we're really praying for the end of the world. <laughs> you know, we're, we're really praying for that. You know, he's already won the victory. He just hasn't done the victory parade yet. Um, you know, he, his patience is our salvation. And so with this prayer, we conclude by saying, we can't wait for that moment when the dead rise again and we are all gathered together in a family and there is no more evil one and there is no more temptation and there's no more crying and there's no more sickness and there's no more death. All things are consummated to the glory of our Father who art in heaven. It's amazing. Yeah, and and that's the thing, just maybe my last thought on that part is that we we so casually say the Our Father and that's why I've enjoyed and appreciated just spending some time with it. I mean, we just kind of, rattle it off it's one of the first prayers we've all learned but to be able to realize the power that there is in that prayer and and what we're asking for and what's taking place and the role that we have in the salvation obviously of ourselves but also bring other people in that prayer to to christ and, and to the father and uh so yeah my my hope and my prayer is that the next time you we whoever's listening says the our father that we understand more deeply what it is that we're praying for and what it is that we're saying. So this has been great, Bob. Yeah, so why don't we conclude by praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. May the blessing of God be upon all of you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Keep us in your prayers uh, this next upcoming month. And, you know, if you have an idea of maybe another kind of topic that you'd like us to hit on our podcast, you can email us at hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. God bless. Yeah.